The season of Lent, we have been unpacking the six great purposes of the church. And today we'll focus on the church's purpose of preserving the truth, both in truth of word, capital W as in the scripture, and also Jesus' truth in our lives. Would you pray with me? O Lord, our God, we are indeed always wanting to know the truth. From when we are youngsters and searching out the true meaning behind things like Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny. But also as we grow up and the news comes at us, where is the truth? God, breathe into us your words that were so true for the people before as they are today and with helpful and true understanding of what your word and our life might be today. Amen. Because the truth is, is our culture is oddly ambivalent about truth. Sometimes we place unquestioning confidence in scientific and social truth, but then on the other hand, we resist religious and moral claims. Oftentimes, we're more comfortable with multiple truths than we are with one single and alone truth. And how are we to understand the universal claims of the gospel as truth in this postmodern world? Well, keep coming back, everyone, because we can't unpack it all today. And rather than spending time on the unknown truths, I thought we would spend some time on the truths we hold that affect our being. Truths that ingrain in us a certain way of being, acting, and interacting with others. Some truths that might also be falsehoods. We all know a teen like Bryn, whose mean streak still echoes through the halls of your middle school. Bryn was a student that I knew and left everyone with no choice but to stay on her good side for fear of what she would do or act against them. Time with a certain adult in Bryn's life, and honestly it wasn't me, it was one of my student mentors, it took a toll on her, and at some moment she felt safe enough to be honest, and her mean exterior gave way to a miserable interior. She didn't know how to stop, she didn't know how to stop behaving the way that she had been because that was the way that she had been. But in the time that they spent more time together, it became, became clear that Bryn had some beliefs that were fueling her insecurity and tempting her to behave as she did. These truths that she believed may be something that you hold to. I'm not perfect. I'm not worthy of life. The second one was, I'm not in charge. And if I'm not in charge, everything will spin out of control. And the third one that she held so very true to her heart was, in the end, everyone leaves. And we can make up the stories behind how she came to these truths, but her own story is how she became thoughtful that these truths were true in her own life. Each one of these feelings was valid, absolutely. 
But each one of these feelings was based on a lie. The first lie, I'm not perfect, I'm not worthy of love. Well, the truth is, is God loves us just the way we are. And there's nothing that we can do to earn God's love. It's just there for us to receive. And lie number two, if I'm not in charge, everything will spin out of control. But the truth is that God is the one in control. And God's plan is perfect. And the deep breath that we can take is it's not up to us. Lie number three is that in the end, everyone leaves. But the truth is that people may leave. But God never does. And because of this, we're never alone. Each one of these truths comes straight from the Bible, God's word, and it comes alive through Jesus. And when Bryn was faced with a choice, she could continue acting in accordance with the lies that she had grown up believing, or she could focus on the truth. And one choice would lead her to be captive to her habits, destroying her heart and perhaps even those around her. And the other one, well, it was going to lead her to joy and freedom. In our scripture for today that Gabriella read, John 8, the truth will set you free. That's what focusing on the truth does. And an aside to my dear, beloved confirmation class, I wish everything that was spoken to you was truth, but it isn't. There are a lot of falsehoods spoken to you daily around you about your worth, your beauty, your purpose, what you can and can't do, and about the world around you and about who holds power. That means that lies and truths are out there coming at you. And I think all of us in this room would agree that it can get confusing. It can be hard to figure out what's a truth and what's a lie. But Jesus spoke the truth, and part of this task of preserving the truth is studying it and seeking to apply the words that Jesus speaks. And that's what we do in confirmation class, in Sunday school, in youth group, in sermons, in Bible studies, in all of the spiritual formation that goes here on this church campus, at home, in small groups. Jesus says he is the way the truth, and the life. The world wants you to believe in its false truths, that the evil will consume you and that God cannot have power over it and that satisfaction and happiness won't last. That good only comes to those who merit it and these false truths will weigh you down. But the truth will set us free. And the truth is, is that God is working in our world today, and we are not to be weighed down by it. Once we have a handle on this source of truth, we have a changed perspective. This world is turned upside down because God has a hold on our lives and we'll have a different outlook on the world. This year's confirmation class has prepared an example for us. Would you all come join me up here on the chancel steps? There was an 11th grade student who for a class assignment wrote a poem. 
And he thought nothing of it. In fact, he wrote the words on a napkin and turned that into the teacher. Little did he know that this poem holds profound truth in exemplifying the importance of a changed perspective. My day. Today was the absolute worst day ever. And don't try to convince me that God has placed something good in every day. Satisfaction and happiness don't last. And it's not true. It's all in the mind, heart, and soul. True happiness can be attained. Only if one's surroundings are good. I'm sure you can agree that the reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control. And you'll never in a million years hear me say that. Today was a good day. That world, which was just described, is not a world in which you did. Now let's reread the poem from top to bottom to see the world through God's truth. Today was a good day. And you'll never in a million years hear me say that. It's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. Only if one's drawings are good, true happiness can be obtained. It's all in the mind, heart, and soul. And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine through once in a while. Even if this world is a pretty evil place, because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. And don't try to convince me that today was the absolute worst day ever. After reading this poem from the top to the bottom, it gives a pretty bleak, dismal feeling for how the world is. However, if with a changed perspective from the bottom to the top, we have a different worldview. Don't try to convince me that today was the worst day ever. These truths are the truths that come from the scripture, and there is hope. There's another way of seeing things, and that hope it comes from the gospel and Jesus' truth. And it lives before, it lives now, and it will live forever. And for this kind of journey, this kind of perspective, we're going to need some nourishment. So I invite the confirmation class to take their seats. And would you all say a prayer with me? 
Lord, our God, we are grateful for your truth in our world. And we realize that truths in our world are something that we will continue to wrestle with. And as we continue to wrestle and to learn you more, let us know that our eternal dependence is on you and the nourishment that you give us. Amen.